Kentucky Roll Call podcasts are brought to you by Cornbread Hemp. New year, new you. Start off 2022 by adding Cornbread Hemp to your health and wellness plan. Cornbread Hemp's organic extra strength CBD gummies deliver 50 milligrams of CBD and 2 milligrams of THC to help with your everyday aches and pains. Visit cornbreadhemp.com and use the promo code BIGX for 30% off at checkout. Stressful new year? Don't sweat it with Cornbread Hemp. Bueller, 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 Bueller. Good morning. Tip, tip of the cap to tip of the tip. Be- cat, just the cat, just cats. Cats, tip. cats. The cats tip. Tip of the cap. Terry Wilson. He's gonna throw. Conrad. Touchdown, Kentucky. Touchdown, Kentucky. <laughs> Victory, Kentucky. Like, give your fans what they want, you dinguses. She probably smokes marijuana. Bad, bad girl. They, Rubbish! There's buggers over here. Back outside. This is the point where he always hits it. Oh! Aaron Harrison beyond belief. We did it. We beat those British We bastards. beat the British. Suck it, Cornwallis. Ten kids. You're basically pregnant for 20 years. Pregnant or breastfeed. Just wild. Like, that sounds exhausting. Potheads. What an adorable... What an adorable bunch of people. Woodson from the gun. Play fake. Step it up. He's throwing deep down the near sideline. He's got Johnson. 20, 10, 5, touchdown, Kentucky. Jesus, Rash, get it together. It's game day. Come on. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Hello, everybody. Happy Thursday to you, January 20th, 2022. You're listening to Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio, 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen on your Thursday morning. Kentucky won. Kentucky won the basketball game. They They really, really did. Nick Roush, it wasn't pretty, but it was pretty important. The Cats get a big win. They got a big win. A come-from-behind win. That was fun. Uh, uh, it wasn't as pretty as maybe the win on Saturday where they knocked down you know, 70% of their shots uh, and were money from the three-point line. But, hey, you can't apologize for winning on the road in the SEC, and I'm not going to apologize for Kentucky today. They came back from down 13 and gutted out a tough one at Reed Arena in College Station. Justin, you heard him. He's not apologizing, buddy. If you're looking for an apology, you keep on scooting. Well, and he shouldn't apologize. I was going to say it yesterday, but this if Kentucky would have lost this game last night, I wouldn't have considered it a bad loss just due to – Texas A&M record. I know they haven't really beat anybody, but to be 15-2 and two at this point in the season, that would not have been a bad loss. But on the other side of it, with Kentucky winning that game last night, I think that's a good win and an important win for Kentucky as well. Uh, interesting points to start the show. I feel like we're hitting the ground running here today, and you can hit the ground running if you pop by at Thornton's on your way into the office today. Get some coffee. Wake yourself up. It was a little bit of a late one last night. The snow missed Louisville. If you're in Lexington listening to us, you got three and a half inches. I still think it's coming down a little bit. But Louisville, the, the I saw around 3 p.m. that the storm was had shifted south and that Louisville, if we were going to get anything, it wasn't going to be much. But I still thought we'd wake up and, and see a little something-something. But mm. uh, it, it pretty much missed us entirely. 
and and no snow. But if you're on the go, pop by at Thornton's and you'll know. Go on, Roush. Take the, it. Take it from there. And you'll know. It's the place to go at Thornton's. Yeah. Very well done. Man. Very well done. You'll love Thornton's. We love them as well. Shout out to Kelly Leonardo and Alex Cuffer. But Justin, you brought a lot of good points up. I, I I agree with the overall sentiment that like a loss at A&M wouldn't have been that huge of a deal, but this one would have felt somewhat similar to the Notre Dame loss where it's like, okay, first off, A&M didn't play particularly great basketball last nope. night. Find a way to beat A&M when they're not playing particularly well. Now, of course, on the flip side, Kentucky had its word. I don't know if it's, Factually true, but it certainly seemed like the worst shooting night of the season. Kentucky didn't play well, but all the more reason to like, okay, well, if you're in that game and you can steal one not playing well, you need to do it. So as the game went on, Justin, I kind of disagree with that overall sentiment that last night would not have been a good loss with the way Kentucky played, with the way A&M played. But the thing is, you don't have to worry about it in a win. Who cares if UK played poorly? Who cares what A&M did? It's, that will count on the record all the same as Saturday's win did. They both just add one win total to that left number, and that's great. It, you almost feel fortunate. Uh, we talked about it after the Notre Dame loss. Yeah, it's okay that you played poorly, but would have been nice to play poorly in a win and then kind of figure out what you can fix and not have to worry about how the loss impacts you. That's exactly what we don't have to worry about from last night because they gutted out a win, and there are valuable lessons to take away from last night, Roush. There is something to be said about playing some of your worst basketball on the season, and that's quite frankly true. That was the second largest deficit Kentucky's had all year. They got down 15 to Duke. They they were down 13 to Notre, or excuse me, not to Notre Dame, uh, to the team, to Texas A&M, and they found a way to come back and win. You had your shooters that had been on fire. They were extinguished, and you still gutted out a win on the road in a rowdy atmosphere. It's a good segue game for this Auburn game. It was a bit of a trap game. I don't care what the players said. You know that they were hearing about the Auburn game all week. You know that that was probably on the back of their mind, and they survived. At the end of the day, they survived. We talk about it in March all the time, survive and advance. Uh, in the regular season, you're advancing whether you win or you lose. You're going to play your next game, but it's it feels good to get the the dub. Take the dub back to Lux, Roush. Oh, man, it does feel good, uh, especially when – I mean, it was, it was the exact opposite of what we saw against Tennessee. The, the confidence, the shot-making ability. Uh, I, I n- never expected Kentucky to actually look flustered on a basketball court. Like, yes, at times the pressure happens and the defense is going to win out. But that first five, ten minutes, Kentucky legitimately looked rattled, not only by the environment, but the half-court pressure. Uh, you know, the one rule you have against stuff like that is, hey, just don't pick the ball up in the corner. And Severe Wheeler seemingly did it every single time against six foot seven dudes. It's like this. What are, what are we doing here? What, what's going on? And, Wheeler looked like he had never seen a double team in his life. I mean, it was just so I, I just did not understand because, I mean, they, they obviously prepared for. It. I know that you can't simulate that pressure as well in practice because just your you know your your scout team opponent isn't going to be as good at it but still everything was going wrong 
And then, I mean, I, I think they missed their first nine threes. The first guy to hit one was Wheeler, of all people. And they were only 50. I mean, they were even getting some whistles that were like, okay, well, at least you can go to the free throw. And they were missing their free throws. And yet, Kentucky still rallied and made it a five-point game at half. And that's when you knew, TJ. You're like, oh, this team, they're going down swinging. Like, worse comes to worse. This is going to be – they're going to try to gut this bad boy out. And uh, what do you know? They came out, scored the first five points of the second half, and then it was on. It was on like Donkey Kong. It was a game that I I did not have the right feel for as it was going on, even really to the bitter end, to be honest with you. I thought Kentucky was going to lose last night once the game started happening. Wow. Going into the game yeah, – total faith. Going into the game, I thought Kentucky would win. My prediction, I, you know, I felt solid about. I I wouldn't have been shocked or completely blown away by a loss. It, it is a tough environment. A and M, uh, I don't know if they're if they're tourney good or not. They're 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 going to lose a lot more games in the SEC as play goes on. But maybe they they it wouldn't surprise me if they snuck in as as a bubble team there at the bitter end. But it was going to be a tough environment. I, I do think that looking ahead to Auburn probably played a little bit of a factor. So I wouldn't have been blown away or completely shocked with a loss. But I felt like Kentucky was the better team, so they should take care of business. But once the game started, I, I've seen enough of those UK games to, okay, all the shots are missing. They're wide open. Kentucky was actually running some decent offense when they weren't turning the ball over. They just weren't hitting any shots. So, okay, yeah. it's just not your night. It's it, it's not – the shots aren't falling. And then late in the game – and shout out to my brother. He's generally kind of more of a pessimist than anything. But he was saying, I feel like we're going to win this game. I feel like we're going to win. I feel like Kentucky's going to come back in the second half and, and, and grind one out. He was exactly right. And I was like, I just don't think it's going to happen. I just think it's an off night. I'm not big picture overly concerned or anything like that, but I just don't think this is going to be our night. Even late in the game where Kentucky was missing free throws and it when UK had the ball up three in the final minute, and it's like, okay, if you hit a shot here, it pretty much puts that bad boy away. What do they do? They don't hit a shot. So it just felt like, okay, you're keeping them alive. You're giving them hope. They're going to – it may go to overtime. This is – I don't have – I never had a good feeling about the game until they finally pulled it out and got away with the win. And that's great. I mean, it's it, 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 it was a game that Kentucky probably shouldn't have won with how poorly their best shooter shot. All the better that you get out of there with a the win. It, it just feels like you survived one game. You probably aren't going to shoot that poorly against Auburn. Now, Auburn will play significantly better, I'm sure, than A&M played because they're a better team. But it just feels like you, you you stole one to some degree, and that's great because it feels like you, you had a chance to steal one at LSU. You came up a little short, so you got this one on the road, and and now you are in sole possession of second place in the SEC, and you have a chance to to be in the top spot after Saturday, and you can go in that game. feels a little bit like a house money game, but I'm just more anxious to see how Kentucky matches up. You're going against one of the better players in the country. You're going against – one of the better bigs in the country and altogether you're going against a team that is a legitimate national title contender. Let's see, let's see where Kentucky is uh, with some of the best in the country. Man, the, the <laughs> here in the SEC network broadcast crew after every miss Kellen Grady shot, he's the best three point shooter in the SEC. What's going on here? And uh, like, Sunvolve is even like, I don't know, eventually you got to cool down. I'm like, no, keep shooting it, Grady, because 
Kentucky wasn't taking bad shots. They just they really weren't falling. Um, now, eventually, some of those started to hit, and eventually, the misses were turning into makes. Um, I think when, when Kentucky took its first lead of the game, there was nine minutes in the caught. Grady got his own rebound off a of three, did a nice little behind-the-back move, and then finished at the rim. And it, that just kind of really – between that play – uh, there were a couple others where you just had UK fighting and scrapping for those those buckets at the rim. Um, you you just you love to see him gut it out. Um, and after the game, Mintz and Toppin, they, you know, they both were. It, it, I don't want to say a weight was lifted off her shoulder, but in their post game comments, there was a point of like, well, we, we went through this whole rigmarole a ton of times last year, and we didn't gut it out, but. No offense to last year, we, we didn't have the guys that could close it out. This team has confidence in each other. So even if they're missing shots like Kellen Grady was, or if they're turning it over like Xavier Weirl was, he had a career high eight, that they kept pushing, they kept fighting, they kept straining. And most importantly, they got stops when they needed them. They forced bad, rushed AM threes. Uh, I know some of going one of 22 from the three-point line is on you for being a bad shooter, Texas A&M, which I think they were the best three-point shooting team by percentage going into this game as well. But some of it is on the defense and, and forcing them to rush their shots and not giving them second chances. So uh, you you just got to credit Kentucky for for really gutting out a, a tough, tough, tough win on the road. Uh, another one of those games that I think can really bring this team together. Yeah, I agree with all of that. It was a forgettable game. And, and the interesting part is we're going to get to the Thornton's text line. It's jam-packed with text. We absolutely love it. We love the, the people that text as the game's happening. We love the people that wait till the end of the game that send over their thoughts. We, we love it all, and we appreciate those that text in, 502-414-1450. Wheeler gets absolutely annihilated on the Thornton's text line. Probably not a huge surprise to a lot of folks, Roush, that that no. he did. However, he by percentage was Kentucky's best shooter. He was their uh, leading scorer. Yeah, and he was their <laughs> leading scorer as well. He made up half of Kentucky's three point field goals, just like we all predicted heading into the game. <laughs> that stretch in the second half. I I was right there with the textures where it's like, all right, you just got to take this guy out of the game. I, I love Wheeler. I love what he brings to the table. I, I know Kentucky really can't probably be the team that we think this team can be without Wheeler playing some of his best basketball. But I was right there with the textures where it's like, all right, you got to at some point just pull him because he's hurting the team more than his potential helping capabilities would allow. When he's, you you get out of that TV timeout, he turns the ball over. You get possession back, he turns the ball over again. It's just like, all right, not his night. You got to sit him. But one thing, for better or for worse, is Calipari is a pretty loyal dude. And maybe he also just felt like that was the best option at the time. Wheeler did go get take a break here and there. But uh, Cal stuck with them for the most part, Roush, and hit a few big shots, made a few big plays here and there. The turnovers are inexcusable, but – but I still think that you needed what you got out of Wheeler yesterday, weirdly enough as it is to say. Yeah, and, and he did sit him after one little stretch run. I, the one that really showed me the play where it's like, dude, you're in your own head, buddy, was it was like a three-on-one, 
And the guy gave him a layup. And instead, he tried to like turn around and dump it off for a dunk. It's like, dude, just shoot the layup. Like, what what are we doing? Like, he was just overthinking everything. And I, I think after that stretch, it was when he got his eighth turnover, I believe. Cal put him to the bench. I mean, maybe, you know, 10 minutes left to go in the game. Let him sit for just a few minutes. And then by the time he came back, he was, you know, he, he helped close it out. But man, it's just that there was that homecoming game. He got a little, uh, not only did the pressure get to him, but he, he got to overthinking things. He got to overthinking things. No, oh, he definitely, he definitely did. And, and disappointing. I, I, he had some games with a ton of turnovers at Georgia and it was something that we had to talk about with some folks that didn't love the addition of Wheeler, which even with a game like last night, those folks, we can all agree, have been proven wrong. The addition of Wheeler was a great move. He's a really nice player for Kentucky. Most likely, decent chance he could return for another season, which will be fun. But I I, I will say, I did when people would bring up he's a he could be a turnover machine, I did have the notion, Roush, all right, you're going to surround him with better talent. He's not going to turn the ball over that much. At Georgia, maybe he'd have to do too much. He'd have to be Mr. Creator and facilitator and score, and he'd have to do all these different things and wear all these different hats. At Kentucky, he's not going to have a chance to get eight turnovers because he'll get pulled before then, or it won't happen because he'll have too much help around him. He won't be turning the ball over. He won't be having to do that much. I did not expect him to have a game with that many turnovers. All that being said, I liked – his composure he played a pretty solid defensive game for the most part and in a in a night where uk was ice cold from deep he was steady eddie and and those shots were obviously pretty pretty colossal so hopefully that's just the the bad turnover game he's got it out of the system and maybe a great time to get it out of the oh, system good time. His next two Saturday games are going to be very similar atmospheres, just against better teams. And mm-hmm. and Auburn this Saturday, and then they'll travel to Lawrence the following Saturday. I want to say maybe the Saturday after that they go to Alabama. So it's not like it yeah, gets necessarily that's... any easier the Saturday after that. But hopefully this is just a game that can roll off Wheeler's back. The turnovers weren't weren't ideal, but he still found a way to impact the game in some other ways. And John Calipari said as much after the game. He was like, "I love these games," which. I'm sure there's some haters and whiners out there that are like, oh, yeah, I bet he does love games where UK is terrible offensively and doesn't have a good shooting percentage or three-point percentage. But his point is true and being able to find other ways to win games. His whole his whole philosophy is I don't want to be reliant on one thing. I don't want to be Mr. Three-Point Shooting Team. I don't want to be Mr. Just throw it to a big guy and let him go to work 24 7 he wants to be balanced and he wants and the reason he does that is because and he said this before but in the tournament you don't know what what you're going to get in a night tonight basis one night you know what the defense just was a step slow for whatever reason you know what luckily offensively you taught them to play fast all year you taught them how to run in transition all right the other team made a made basket get that ball in bounce and get your butts down the court as quickly as possible he doesn't want to be handcuffed to one identity he wants to be able to do a bunch of different things and if one of them isn't working all right the other things can carry the day for that deficiency for this 40 minute stretch and last night it was a sloppy game it was a it was multitude of things it was a sloppy game Kentucky wasn't shooting well it was a tough environment and they still were able to rely on their toughness 
their defense, which I don't think this is – we just got done this week talking about how I don't think this is all that great of a defensive team, but they went out there and won it with their defense. And that's why John Calipari was so thrilled with this win, Roush, is because it checks his boxes of we don't have to do one specific thing to win. We can rely on other areas and still get a, get a, get a huge road win in the SEC. Man. Whew. You were nervous, though, TJ. This guy, he was never nervous. Well, maybe a little nervous. I, I, thought, nervous. That, I thought it wasn't going to be a win. Oh, I, man. I, but I'll, I'll happily jinx it if that's what it takes to 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 come away. With Yeah, by the, by the way, giving credit to Johnny for calling the comeback when I was texting you all last night telling you I wish I was an Indiana to live bet. Yeah, but we me didn't, under the bus. No big deal. You didn't say what you wanted to live bet. Oh, I was I was gonna hammer Kentucky money line. Are you kidding me? But you never You're said that. So how are we supposed to give you props when you didn't say that, Scoots? Oh, that's that's what I get for assuming that you assumed. I I, I did assume Scoots. Yeah, I at least assumed that much. Um, but at at the time, they were playing really bad. But oh yeah, absolutely. The, but you anytime in game you can get a team that was a seven point favorite at. Plus money, it was they guarantee. I guarantee they were plus money for the money line. They were down what eight ten at the time. Yeah, and they were down thirteen on multiple occasions. Like Texas A and M was in cruise control for the better chunk of like seven minutes. Kentucky didn't score for eight total minutes in the first half. It was it was bad. It was really that is bad. bad. You just can't do that. And the only thing, the only reason I wasn't like I was gonna. I don't know if accept is the right word, but I would have been all right if they did lose, similar to what Justin said to start the show. Because at least in that first half, the offense was – it was working. It wasn't just like Kentucky looked lost and completely dazed. They were being sloppy with the ball, which I guess that maybe could be an example of looking a little lost. But they were sloppy with the ball. But when they weren't sloppy with the ball, they were getting good looks. They were getting open looks. Even around the rim, they were missing some bunnies. But yeah. especially on the perimeter, it was open threes. It was open shots. I can't tell you how many of them. Justin, I think you were the one that mentioned just a, a Cal and Grady open three you consider basically a guarantee. Oh, yeah. I, I was doing the same thing where I was just in the living room, like, you know, putting the three hand up and ready to slap it down once it was going to be nothing but net. And it was just a miss. And then it was a miss. And then it was a miss. It was the exact opposite of the Tennessee game on Saturday. Uh, Still found a way to win, though. That's going to be the overall theme of today's show. It was ugly, but the offense looked solid. So that's why I still wasn't going to be like into the world mad. Things were the off. You were doing everything you needed to do except for the payoff. And the payoff really never came, but you still found other ways to win. Kentucky was able to speed up AM a little bit in some stretches, find a way to get some easy baskets. They were able to get to the line, which is something this team hasn't been able to do. Not the best free throw shooting performance that they've ever had. Yeah, so they took, you know, and still late, there were some misses, which kind of bugged me a little bit, but able to get to the line, which was good. And of course, this is like a biased UK homer take but i for for road games i thought that was officiated pretty well for the most part they let them play um which kind of hurt kentucky because they were turning the ball over a little bit maybe that was one of those games you wish they called it a little bit tighter but uh kentucky goes on the road they shoot more free throws double digit more free throws than a and m so i'll i'll gladly take that officiating performance last night and anytime you get a win you don't worry about the officials nearly as much so i will take it baby yeah, but it, like you said, it didn't really get in the way of the flow of the game. Uh, there, there was a point where I I kept my cool for the most part, 
But there was one there was one possession late where Kentucky was up by four with about three minutes to go. And they have a four on two break. Ty Ty Washington's got the ball. And he just says, damn it, you know what? I he, he could pass it to any of his two guys on the side running towards the rim or kick it out for three. But he said, I'm I'm taking it, damn it. And this dude just came out of nowhere and swatted the shot out of bounds. You're like, oh God. We can't blow this chance. And then he gets a decent jump shot look. They miss. AM gets the rebound and gives the ball back to Jacob Toppin. And then Toppin can't finish. It's like, oh my how like I I just knew I was like, oh God, this is gonna kill Kentucky. Like there's just there's no way around it. There and of course AM went down and scored. It's a two point game. It's like that that's gonna be it. That's gonna be the game right there. Same. You couldn't stop that exact same sequence. Off. Yeah. That that went into my notion of like it just it's probably not going to be our night. This, these oh. things just aren't going our way. And, and that would have been so like I'm I would be okay with some of the early mistakes. Like okay, the 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 trap rattled you, the environment, you know, it stinks, but it happens. These are kids. That one would have really ticked me off <laughs> if that's how you lost having a four point lead and kind of blowing it down the stretch. Um, but you know what? This team, they said afterwards that it's been a point of emphasis finishing the final four minutes. They got to stop, went down, hit their free throws, and were able to close out the game. Uh, so in uh, part of me in the back of my head, one of my friends called me. He, he did the phone call. It was so important. When Coleman got a lob dunk in transition, and the next time on court, he went down on defense and smacked the floor, a buddy called me. He's like, oh. We're winning. No, no chance we lose now. You don't go and smack the floor like that and and then expect to win. Like that's just asking to lose right there. It's like you know what? That's that's some good old fashioned Dukey karma. You know, you get you get the former Duke guy slapping the floor. Can't take the Dukey out of the Duker. That's what I was gonna say. You can take the Dukey out of Cameron, but you can't take the Cameron out of the Dukey. You know, as they always as they always say. Yeah, that never want to go floor slapping. How you know another thing, and I I I don't have anything against. I, I think it's kind of seems cultish to me, Texas A and M fandom. Uh, but I don't have anything against Buzz Williams. It was cool to see Texas A and M have a good basketball atmosphere. Yeah, you think yeah. being in Texas, you'd be able to get a, enough good Texas players to come into your program to be consistently good. Uh, and they have a lot of money, obviously, as a basketball, as just as an athletic program, and they've got solid facilities for the most part. I'm a little surprised they haven't – they've taken so long to be relevant, and I'm not saying this year is going to be a year of relevance for them, but at least they're near the top of the SEC standings, which you couldn't say as much. But how about Buzz Williams every time out just walking like he owns the place? He'd walk to like basically the other baseline and just stand there and like gaze out into the the – the abyss he'd like walk through Kentucky players as they were trying to head back to the bench did you notice that just walked really far out into the court each time out it irrationally bothered me oh I love I love that, I love that sort of stuff because that's what Buzz Williams does I, I expect that from Buzz Williams and I like that I like that pompousness that arrogance from college basketball coaches uh, the more personality the better I wouldn't even know that there was a timeout like because you couldn't hear the whistle or it's too loud but the only way you'd know is a timeout because buzz williams was like on the other side of the free throw line it was like well what the hell is he doing out there is he is he part of the player is he playing out there it just that irrationally annoyed me but i think it was more just kentucky playing poorly so i was looking for things to get upset about but i but i for the most part like buzz um now, what I, I didn't, what I didn't like though tj the uniforms look cool but they were doing a whiteout and just didn't wear white uniforms what 
What are we, what are we doing here, AM? It's not that hard. The wife hated the uniforms. I, I, I thought they looked good. I thought it was, you know, I thought it, I thought it was fine. I thought it was a good atmosphere, good T-shirt night. I loved how the Blues stood out in the crowd. UK always has a decent amount of fans at A&M, really anywhere that they play. Uh, Auburn used to be a game where UK would have a ton of road fans because of the equestrian school thing. Do you remember that? Yeah, the vet school down there. Yeah, like you do undergrad at UK, but then you go to grad school at Auburn for the equine studies or whatever it's called. You the horse the horse classes. I think you'd be a horse doctor. Yeah, you're you're you're, (laughs) exactly you're a horse doctor. The UK would always have a ton of fans at Auburn. Students too, like in the student section. I think that since Auburn has gotten good, it's become more of a demand for tickets. But uh, good showing by the Cats fans in College Station. Mm And do you see the reaction and the celebration after the win? Uh, it was a gritty win. What it's all about, baby. Yeah. They were dancing, partying, having a good time. Justin, did you get to watch any of it? Uh, yeah. So I was ridiculously busy on the bar last night. So I was I was watching here and there. I didn't didn't get to sit down and watch it like I have past Kentucky games this season. So that upset me a little bit. But, yeah, I, I watched it here and there. Were there yeah. were there Cats fans at the bar? Were they getting rowdy? Uh, there was no, no, not really. <sighs> hey, happy Purdue Day! You get to lose to Purdue tonight. Wow! Hey, hey but we're gonna cover, so that's the important. Thing. Oh wow, you're that confident? You've oh, been God. on Indiana to cover the last like six games. It's I like. actually, I actually think I'm on Indiana to win tonight. If we're being completely <laughs> honest, oh, wow. it's He's Purdue, Justin. It's Purdue. It's Assembly Hall. Justin, it's Purdue. They trump Assembly Hall. TJ, Assembly Hall. Oh, Justin, you poor, you've talked yourself into this. How many times do you have to get beaten by Purdue to know that this is not going to end well for you tonight? It's Assembly Hall. It's a I know. Three, they, they have not played us yet with three head coaches, so that, suck it, Purdue. <laughs> <laughs> they don't know what's uh, coming. Oh, you, you sorry, Sap. You, you, you did it again. You bought it again. All right, let's go to a break. We'll come back. We're going to have to get in the Thornton's text line sooner than later because there's just too many texts, which we are very appreciative about. And we need to talk more basketball, more college basketball. Louisville ended their losing streak, but their everything is, is falling apart at the university and the program. And then we'll talk a little football as well. Roush, they released their interview with Liam Cohen. It was a long one, and it was good. So we'll maybe talk about some of the highlights of that as well. This is Kentucky Roll Call. We'll be right back. TJ Walker, Nick Roush. Kentucky Roll Call. I'm a mog. Half man, half dog. I'm my own best friend. And I was standing on the side of the road, rain falling on my shoes. Heading out for the East Coast, Lord knows I've paid some Welcome back, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio, 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. Oh, Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen on your Thursday morning. Appreciate you all listening. Tomorrow we'll have Bobby Regan on and we'll talk more college basketball, talking UK's win over Texas A&M last night. Blake game, I think I was more tired this morning, but I didn't didn't really... Uh, wasn't as bad. 
No, well, I think maybe it's that eight thirty difference. Sure. Maybe we just get away from the nine, and even that extra thirty minutes makes it seem a little bit more tolerable. Really, it really, really does. Much more tolerable. Um, I tried to watch a. I watched a little bit of Auburn, but they were just beating the snot out of Tom Crean. Uh, when I initially I saw that Bruce Pearl made a comparison to the 2012 Kentucky team. I thought he was comparing his team to the 2012 Kentucky team, and I was about ready to call him a dummy and a doofus and an idiot and a moron, but actually he was comparing this team to the Anthony Davis team because Oscar Sheboy and Anthony Davis are so similar. Are they so similar? It was being sarcastic. They're, they're okay. not at all. Like, couldn't be more opposite. Everything about their game is the opposite of one another. But they do get lots of rebounds. That's one well, thing they had in common. I guess, Oscar yeah. Well, they, yeah, and Oscar, the best rebounder in college basketball. Anthony Davis was the best shot blocker. So they are the best at one specific thing. Obviously. And they're um, they're both able to contribute without scoring a ton of points. I think that that yeah. might be the biggest commonality they have is even a night like last night when Oscar was struggling to finish around the rim, he was still getting a ton of boards, keeping possessions alive. So you can you can make that comp, I guess. But like they're th- these teams just really aren't anything alike. I, I mean, back to back games, Oscar was a bucket away from a double double. God, so uh. close. Kind of bugs me a little bit, you know. Just get that extra basket. But it was like uh, whenever uh, C Rod had ninety nine yards in a game. Yeah, God, one more. Yeah, but I, I, but you know, to to be nitpicky, there were moments last night that I was like, oh, I can, I can see, I can see a March loss right before my eyes. UK's inability to protect the rim, which we did talk about the we talked about yesterday or two days ago whenever it was that stretch in the first half where i think a and m had six or seven consecutive possessions that ended in layups and it was just like stop letting them get to the rim make them shoot over you and for a team that was supposedly the best three-point shooting team in the league those shots look busted, as the kids may say. Old Bust and Kalen look like uh, they were <laughs> heard hitting, that in a long time. <laughs> they they were they were hitting all of the bad parts of the rim. There were several air balls. They were missing badly, so it made it even all that more obnoxious when they were just getting layup after layup. And yeah, I did. I saw an NCAA tournament game where it's just like, oh goodness gracious, we can't stay in front of them, and we don't have a rim protector, and this is just a, a disaster. Now again, Kentucky still found a way to win. They improved on that. You held A and M under sixty points, which if you had told me before the game A and M's not scoring sixty, I would have said, okay, it's going to be an easy Kentucky win because I just thought offensively Kentucky'd be too good to to struggle against a team that scored 58 points. Now, sure enough, it was one of UK's worst offensive performances. But all the same, they did eventually correct it, Roush. Uh, No, this team, unfortunately for Collins, he's just not there. I don't blame Calipari for putting him in there and trying because I think he knew that, you know, some rim protection was going to be needed. It just he he's he's too far behind, unfortunately. But that's an issue. There, the lack of rim protector is an issue. You saw A and M take advantage of it last night for a little bit. I'm glad Kentucky figured it out, but it, it is going to worry me in other games this year. I uh, I did think that it was. You knew he wasn't ready when it was just like here's two fouls immediately. <laughs> I mean, right away. Um, 
But the one thing that I do like for Collins long term is that he never has a deer in a headlights look. You know, he's he's his mistakes are just because he's not um he, he just hasn't had the game experience yet. But that dude is given 125% effort, you know, and if he makes mistakes, they're effort mistakes. So I at least like that. Uh, I, I don't, I don't, I don't see wobbly knees in him when he's out there at all. I just see a kid who's trying to to figure things out and is, uh, you know, maybe a little overzealous at times. Every time he tries to dunk it, he's trying to like tear the rim down, which I like, but also like, hey, buddy, just let's just get that one in the goal. I think we had six points at that time. Like, come on. Just, I said just, the same thing about Oscar on his missed dunk. Just like lay, lay it in. Just I, I get it. I, or maybe I don't get it because I'm never going to be. I never could dunk. I'll never be able to dunk. But just just find a if you're that close to the rim, just find a way to to make it go in. Hey, how how sweet was that tie tie jumper when Kentucky needed it so badly? Uh man, that he, he's just really great from eight to twelve feet. Oh, uh, this it, one. This one was like an eighteen footer. The one, the one that was on the right wing, like just yeah. inside the three point line. Yeah, 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 that was awesome. But and Kentucky I, needed it, and like none of those shots, all the shots that we are used to falling. You know, the Grady open threes, Mints when he's in transition just a little bit. Like none of those were falling. Everything that we were used to wasn't happening. But that felt like a little bit like home. Seeing Ty Ty hit that shot. Uh, it, that was pure for one moment. Kentucky's offense was normal, needed it badly. It big shot from the freshman, big, big shot. Um, but and, and that, like the Pearl comments, obviously, Pearl was just trying to gas up Kentucky. But I don't, I, I, I we, we love to compare guys to past UK guys, and I just I don't know if I have a good one for Ty Ty. Because he he just does a lot of things that you were not used to seeing. Maybe the closest probably is Brandon Knight, but he just that floater, that runner, that feels like a new, a new modern weapon. Uh, you know, we, we all thought that Seth Curry would have everybody shooting forty foot threes all the time. Maybe this floater that uh, quickly had a couple of years ago. Maybe that is the new. Uh, that that's the new iteration of basketball that we're seeing more of where guys just pull up a little bit short of going all the way to the rim and, and lay that floater about, you know, seven, eight feet out. It's pretty and only going to get better. Uh, again, I just think being able to find different ways to win last night's only going to help the team moving forward. You love doing that stuff in wins instead of having to worry about them in losses, but, uh, Lot to a lot to like in an ugly win that really Kentucky did not play well whatsoever. Nope. All right, let's get to this Thornton's text line. Yeah, let's do it. 502 414 1450 is it how you get a hold of the show? You send in the text, no matter how angry they are during the game, no matter how happy they are after the game, we read them and we also read random texts like this. All the Stoops bros have Trump lips. <laughs> no, I don't know if I know exactly what that, that means. I think they they might look pursed a little. Um, I, I don't. I think Mike's definitely do jut out more than the. Uh, I, you could say that about Mike, but I would disagree with you on the other Stoops brothers. I don't know if I just am familiar enough with all these people's lips to say one way or another. Justin, what do you think about the Stoops lips? I mean, I think to be completely honest, I think Mark Stoops kind of looks like Trump as it is. Whoa, Ooh. that's so wow. That's, that's it's, a I mean, it's, 
it's not a like a, a perfect comparison, but there there's definitely some resemblances. The chubby face white guy. That's maybe where the maybe where they <laughs> balding chubby face white guy with auburn colored hair. Well, I don't know. Tough to maybe say for sure, sure, but I'm not sure if Trump is balding or not. Oh, guys, speaking of, I'm getting much balder, like significantly balder. <laughs> you're bald. How how can you get balder? Exactly. I didn't know that it was possible, but um, I'm 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 on a weekly uh, buzz cut routine, and I think I'm going to have to bump it up to like every two or three days because wouldn't that be the opposite of getting balder? Wouldn't that mean you're getting more hair? You're well, getting hairier. Or? The thing is, is, when the hair grows out, like it feels like now I can see a clear horseshoe at all times, which is n- not ideal. The point of buzzing your head is like, you, oh, you it's should, all the same size. Do the horseshoe. Yeah, do the horseshoe. the horseshoe, Rouse. Yeah. Man, do it for so. a few months. It'll be funny. Instead of your mustache next November, just do the horseshoe. I'll, I'll Imagine, do a mustache and a horseshoe. <laughs> Imagine Roush is going to New Orleans for the Final Four and you have a pretty good-looking horseshoe on your head. You tell me Kentucky's not winning winning at all. Start the like, horseshoe now for the Cats. It's so weird. Like, where my scalp is now, I have hair all around my head that, like, is little follicles. Uh, the top of my head is like a chia pet. But my scalp, it's, it's like, there's, it's just, there's nothing. Like, it's just, like, matted down. Nothing there. It's, 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 it's so bizarre. So bizarre. Oh, sounds fun. Sounds like you you got something going on here and you just need to let nature do its thing. Yeah, man. Thank God I married semi-young. Whew, be in trouble. <laughs> A texter says, uh, gosh, Commons was so bad. Kayla or Novage were elite. The absolute days. Yeah, yeah and, I, and, I, and, and far too often this happens. K-Layer was significantly better than Ovid. So that yes. just needs to be made clear. Ovid was good, and I get it that everybody loved the spicy beef wrap, but they had plenty of other good stuff as well. Ovid was good. I probably got the panini more often because I just didn't – the one like two things on earth that gave me heartburn, and one of them was whatever that was at the Ovid's. <laughs> And, and make no mistake, Ovid's was a step above Commons, but that doesn't mean it was on the same level as K-Layer. I just I, I feel mm-hmm. like we owe it to K-Layer in its memory to speak properly of it, and it was in a league of its own. Man, it really, really was. It, it, days like today, actually it's days like after I've had a long night of drinking, really miss, really miss K-Layer, especially because you could get the extra seasoning salt just to dump on the crinkle cut fries. The crinkle cut fries, I, I, I'm not one that's um, same a, an apostle, but theirs were awesome. Uh, I mean, Agreed. Every, every once in a while, you could get some that were a little uh, not as fresh, but for the most part, they had so many people running in and out of there. You were you were bound to get some hot, crunchy crinkle cut fries that were just hit spot. Yeah, and you're but you said. You said today would be a day to do it. You're spot on. If we were in college, last night would have been a drinking night, a yep. late one probably. Yep. Could have rolled it into the Wednesday bars, which was generally the paddock. Um, and if you want, if you wanted to take it that extra step, and then you'd wake up, K-Layer would hit the spot. It'd be the perfect amount of greasy food you'd need to get you pushed through through your day. So. I think today would have been the perfect K-Layer day. UK had a two-hour delay for their three and a half inches. Three and a half inches, and you only get a two-hour delay. 
I remember three and a half inches wouldn't do Jack Diddley when we were in college. Yeah, that's true. I don't that's think I true. think we I don't know if we got a day off. Well, after you left, um, I think it would have been the the your first year out because it was my fourth oh, year of school. I guess there was, was a Baylor. I mean that Baylor UK storm that was that, in that the, was a weekend though. Uh, well, sure, but, but that we did. You're right that 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 winter. That was a pretty rough winter, and that yeah. was the first. That was the first winter I was out of college. So yeah, yeah okay. Yeah, it was. Um, it was a lot, um, and they ended up calling off. I think one day because we got. I mean, we got a foot one time, and it was like zero degree weather. It was. It was a rough winter, but yeah. I, my favorite move though is the preemptive. We're going to call out school, and then no snowfalls. I mean, <laughs> and and really calling out school for JCPS right now is just, we're not going to call it a COVID NTI day. We're going to call it a weather NTI day. So big difference. Big, it's it's definitely not COVID related. This is weather. It's weather. So your teachers don't have to go to school. They can just teach from home. Hey, shout out to the UK, not U of K uh, for dropping all their COVID restrictions and mandates, which is the right thing to do. Uh, texter on the Thorns. What's that? Quickly on UK. Uh, I've watched a clip of Boris Johnson uh, in the House of Commons, I believe is what they call it, when he's trying to apologize for going to a party at like the height of the pandemic. And, oh, my God, their politics are so awesome. They're just yelling at each other the whole time. In America, we pretend to be civil with each other, but we're not. Like, just just scream at each other. It makes so much more sense. It was hilarious. It is pretty funny. It's just kind of like an organized <laughs> chaos situation. You've got like, totally, Mr. Speaker, Mr. Speaker, and then, oi, oi, oh, so funny. <laughs> I love that you still just get such a kick out of accents as if you're like a, it's your first time hearing them. <laughs> it really is. I'm, I'm easily amused. I'm a child. We should all, go, child. We should all, all child. go through life with such joy and, and simple pleasures. A uh, texter said, oh, this is a good one. Thanks for the beautiful shipwreck story, Justin. <laughs> you're welcome. Let me just find the most like... Um, tragic, gruesome. horrible, yeah. I mean, what, that, it be a oil rig and it is, blew up. Is that not what Louisville is, though? <laughs> I mean, gosh, it's it, 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 like an oil rig. That was pretty. It was pretty detailed. What what shipwreck story you got for us today, Justin? I'm I'm all out on shipwreck stories. I learned all I needed to know yesterday, and I already forgot it all. Have you ever heard of Gil Gilligan's Island? Nope. I mean, the show. Yeah, a three hour tour. Stay right back, and you hear a tale. Tale of a Faithful Ship. Is that how it goes? Yeah. Uh, dun, 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 dun. Like, I, I, don't, I don't know the words. I just know the... Dun, 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 a three-hour tour. I wonder if there's any kids that know the theme song to a show that they never watched that are growing up right now that the show was like 20 years before that they were even kicking. So I was Technically, I never watched Gilligan's yeah. Island, but I know their theme song. I... Uh... It was like that with Three's Company, and it was all because there was an episode of Full House where Jesse couldn't remember the lyrics to the Three's Company song. Mine is Cheers. I've never seen Cheers, but I know yeah. the theme song. I, I, I'm, I'm exactly I'm right there with you. Never never watched an episode, but I could I could tell it to you. I could sing it for you right now. Three's mm -hmm. Company, too. Yeah. His, his was... Where the kisses are hers and hers and his three's company to he forgot that one. Um kind of like uh how Andy Bernard break me off a piece of that football oh, cream. cream. 
A texter says on the Thornton text line, 502-414-1450. He asked after Tennessee if he felt vindicated playing three guards after that offensive performance. There's definitely a portion of the fan base led by a popular radio show that thinks that they have in, have influence on Cal. Well, that's just outlandish, but not surprising. Uh, Cal has played three guards. Is the offense back to being archaic last night, Roush? UK didn't hit threes. Yeah, it's really weird what happens when you miss shots. Um... And when you make shots, man, and, and that was the thing that the misses, there weren't a whole lot of, I mean, I, I guess early on when Kentucky just looked like they had never seen a half court trap before, which to be fair, there, there's one of them. Uh, you don't see that a lot in, in modern college basketball. It feels like a throwback to the nineties and like early to early aughts. Um, but you don't see that a lot. And so there was a lot of possessions in that first five, eight minutes that were rushed. We're just going to throw something up with five seconds on the shot clock. But once they settled down and like quit just picking the ball up in the corners, then they started getting decent looks and they just, they weren't falling. Like it was. Yep. Yeah. Happens. That's why I wasn't going to panic because the offense, when it wasn't just doing really dumb things, was just missing shots that they normally, or at least as of late, had been hitting. And it just kind of, you could almost chalk it up to a sloppy, poor shooting night more than, oh, no, this is all systems failure. We got some major issues that you can't overcome. Uh, again, I was not happy with the amount of layups given up, but you held a team under 60 points on the road in SEC play. That's that's huge. You should win every single one of those games realistically. And that's what Kentucky found a way to do last night. Uh, hour one done. We've got another hour coming up. We have a ton more text to get to. Roush, the text will be kind of walking, holding our hand through the game with us. So that'll be fun recap. And you'll see some people that get a little worked up that later on very happy. So that will be fun to, to read through those as well. We need to talk a little football as well an hour or two. Yep. And what other other shenanigans Justin has for us? There's a lot. <laughs> I'm, I'm convinced. I am convinced. Hour two, Kentucky Roll Call. Coming up next here on Big X Sports Radio. Welcome back for hour two of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is. With Walker and Roush. We're just getting started, bro. Welcome back. Hour number two, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Radio. Fun first hour recapping Kentucky's win at Texas A&M. And we're going to do more of it here in hour two by reading your text on the Thornton's text line. Remember to download the refreshing refuel rewards app. It's Thornton's app. You can get it anywhere you get your apps, and it's going to save your money, and it's going to make things easier for you, tell you where the cheapest gas is around town and all that fun stuff. Thornton's, they're trying to make life easy for you. That's why they're everywhere. That's why they have good food options, whether it be breakfast or lunch or dinner. 
and they'll save you some money on gasoline as well. We want to hear from you on the Thornton sex line, 502-414-1450. We'll get back to it here momentarily, but Roush, I do want to talk a little football just because I know the text line is going to be pretty basketball heavy, so we can get our football conversation here to start hour number two. Well, let's do it. Um, I think generally speaking, if you haven't heard our, our talk yet with Liam Cohen, it's just he, he's a fun guy to talk football with, um, especially in a setting that isn't as formal. Uh, because like when you would ask him a question, it's he didn't do the cow thing where, well, I want to talk about this. But it was more of an organic like when he talks football and you bring up fourth downs, he goes down. He goes back to the fourth down they didn't get at Tennessee. You know, like that that's just where his mind it, I mean, and and I think it was it was also revealing in how you could hear the growth that he had as a coordinator, not only talking about the players that he's recruiting. Um, you know, he said he said, you know, he's like, My eyes had to adjust. I was I was initially saying no to every quarterback and I had to realize like, oh, it, it's just it's not the NFL. You know, we, we've got to be able to adjust. And, and I think some of it, too, was him adjusting to being satisfied with an ugly win like they did at Florida. Uh, we remember how awesome that win was, but we forget about how poor that offense played in that game. That tore him up. And so he had to learn to grow in that. But um, I, I think if I'm going to pick just like two, three quick highlights, one – how he schemes up a game is interesting because you always hear about a play script, TJ. I think Bobby Petrino is probably famous for his because it usually involved the deep shot and they were always so effective. But like in Cohen's case, it's not like he shows up on Tuesday. All right, we've got these nine plays and this is how we're starting the game. He's like, no, we have about, you know, 10, 15 plays that these are the plays that we've really We've really worked on a lot during practice, and I'll put it down as a reference sheet. But he's like that series against Iowa. Like I just, I I knew it was going to be those plays that morning, and even then, it was just a point of reference. So I I think that's that can help make Kentucky's early drive success sustainable. Um, and then elsewhere, I also like that he's uh, not going to be like we were good because of me. And a, a lot of this he he puts on the players. You know, if the receivers, if they're going to improve and make that next step, it's not about earning Liam Cohen's trust. It's about earning Will Levis's trust. And it, it kind of works that way, too, with Will Levis. Like Liam said this spring, he 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 wants Will to be able to call the plays. And I, I, I don't think we need him to be Peyton Manning out there, but he wants him to have a mastery of the offense where in certain situations, this is what he feels comfortable with. So that's what we're going to do. And, and I think that's where you can really – get excited about the direction of the offense because as he admitted, he's like, it, it didn't feel like it really felt like at the end of the year, we were starting to to pick things up where I could call whatever. And we would just run it. If you can get to that point in like week, you know, through spring practice and then week two of camp, everything's installed and you're good to go. You're going to be so much farther ahead than having Will Levis running with the freaking threes for the first six practices of camp. That's a good point. And people forget that. Uh, people forget that there were talks, at least for some folks, that Joey Gatewood was in the hunt 
in the thick of it. And, and maybe there were some truths that, I mean, there was truth that, that the, they were splitting the reps and giving everybody kind of an equal chance, but that's well said that this year you won't really worry about that. It'll just be every, every minute devoted will be to the starters on offense getting better and becoming more adjusted with one another. And I, I thought the point you made about the opening drive was interesting because I don't think I can ever remember a UK football season that was more beneficial to opening series than this season was for Kentucky. I'm sure there's quite literally stats out there that will prove that to be true or not true, but I don't know if I can ever, I mean, off the top of my head, I can't remember a football season where Kentucky was more successful in first drives and maybe not always to start games, although it seemed like it was pretty good for the most part, but even sometimes starting halves, Kentucky would just coming, coming out of coming with a plan Kentucky really seemed to hum better than they have in years prior. Not that Grand was like an instant three and out guy to start games, but this season it just seemed like when Kentucky needed to kind of set the tone, they would do it. And mm -hmm. not that there wouldn't be some lulls here or there. It kind of seemed like mid-third quarter, start of fourth quarter is really sometimes when the offense would get its quietest, which isn't ideal but gives you something to work towards. But it can just go such a long way to, to set the tone at the beginning of the game let the offense build some confidence, let the defense play with a little bit of house money, have them have a longer leash to be aggressive because, you know, that's the way uh, Mark Stoops doesn't want to be a, a boom or bust defense coordinator, but they are, he is a, he, he wants his secondary to take some chances and to make some interceptions and some picks and Kentucky's won games by doing that. So if you can just score early on, it, it can help in so many different areas. And I was really impressed with Cohen's ability to get the offense clicking at the start of games or at the start mm -hmm. of the half. Well, and, and to give you a lead where, I mean, this is a team that sit like they sit on leads. And, and I mean, I know that gets kind of a bad rep, but that's the kind of style that Kentucky likes to play where you can run the football still and you don't have to just throw your way back into the game. Uh, we saw a couple times where Kentucky had to and your margin of error is just so thin when you have to play like that. It kind of like against Tennessee where you, you got to throw your way back into the game. One air throws a pick six to the house and that's that's it. That's the game. So um, I. Uh, I. It, it was it was an enjoyable conversation, and I'm I I like the, just the direction that things are are heading for the football program, and I and I like that there's uh, you know going into this uh, a texter jokes on the Thornton's text line. They say, uh, yeah, I don't think he's ever going to come on Kentucky roll call because TJ still wanted Eddie Grant, <laughs> but I like that there is a a a hunger. Uh, an eagerness in, in Cohen uh, that I know that we do talk a lot about him. You know, well, I think he's going to have his sights back on the NFL. He's going back to the NFL. And he loves the NFL game. But I, I do think that this year for him, both personally and professionally, was just huge. Uh, you know, he starts his family, moves to Lexington. He comes in, and right away, the guy that uh, – I don't want to say hand picks, but the guy that he spotted – that he scouted, he saw the video of Will Levis throwing the the, the ball around the, the yard down there in that, that indoor facility. Everything kind of came to fruition, and it didn't happen overnight. Um, his emotion and joy following the Citrus Bowl, some of that was because they finally closed a late-minute drive, and they had struggled to do that before halves and at the end of games. So they're far from a finished product, but – Things moved in the right direction, and now he, he's eager to take that next step as a play caller. 
I haven't been able to finish the entire podcast. Uh, you all went about 40 minutes, but I have enjoyed what I have been able to listen to. I'm going to knock it out when I get to the office today. Any did he did he talk about Robinson from Virginia Tech? No, that was one player we didn't get to. Um, oh. We got to C Rod. We got to uh, Jatan McClain, which I think those comments were pretty telling uh, about the other running back that's in the room, not Chris Rodriguez, if you know what I mean. Kabasi um, spoke everybody. Yes, yes, yes. In uh, in there's another, and I, I hate to. Uh, be jumping around the text line. I just read ahead, but somebody was asking about Drew Phillips. I think a lot of those guys that uh, missed out on half their season, spring is going to be huge for them because it's going to feel like they actually get an opportunity instead of being put so far behind the eight ball. Interesting. Well, we'll keep an eye on that. Good stuff all around from that interview. And Liam Cohen's been on Kentucky Roll Call, folks. All right. <laughs> yes. He was yeah. very tired on signing day. Yeah, but sure. Yeah. Did you did you bring that up? You no, bring... I, I I did not bring that up. I you hey, know. you were on a radio show, but we think that you may have been half asleep. He did. I didn't know this. Um, he coached against Kyle Uschek, the 49ers fullback, when he was at Brown. Uschek was a Harvard guy. Why do we only talk about Fitzpatrick as a Harvard guy when this unit of a human, this enormous man? was playing wildcat quarterback receiver and running back at Harvard. How is how's some dude from Princeton going to be able to tackle that guy? That's true. That's going to be pretty difficult Crazy. for an Ivy Leaguer. Uh, All right. I did like this stuff. We did ask about Upshaw and Isaiah Cummings, too. So he was very pleased with that, the hmm. direction the tight end room's going. So, hey, there we go. More passes to tight ends. Take a shot. People from 2011 are finally able to rejoice. <laughs> that was all the buzz for like probably six years after Jacob Tammy. It was just like tight end. Is there going to be a tight end? Do we have a tight end? Can a tight end do that? But Kentucky did have a long shriek after Tammy of literally not having a worthwhile tight end in the pass catching game, which was uh, which was a problem really until Conrad got there that you felt pretty solid about it. No disrespect to the other ones, but it just wasn't a part of the passing attack for the most part. But now we're back to being tight end you, Roush. Woo! Back. Jokes at the door. Let's get back to the Thornton text line. Before we do, I want to remind you about our friends at Saucerita's. I went there on Tuesday, and I still have been thinking about that meal. It was so delicious, so nutritious, fresh, flavorful meats. I just couldn't pick between the chicken and steaks. So I decided to double up on it. The lettuce is fresh. doesn't have that weird coloring that you see at some of the other places. The chips are so good the seasoning if you haven't had it i promise you you gotta give it a go and if you like spicy if you're a spicy guy or gal salsarita spicy food is good it's not overpowering where you can't really enjoy it but it's spicy enough that it gives you a huge kick but it's also very flavorful if you're like our friend justin kalen and you're not a big spicy person that's okay they've got mild and mediums that are just as flavorful without the kick Two locations, Middletown and St. Matthews. Check them out today. Download the Salsaritas app. It'll save you some money. And remember, Middletown's got the drive-through. St. Matthews newly renovated, and both of them are delicious. That's our friends at Salsaritas. Uh, Texter yep. on the Thornton's text line says, John Hale picked the cards to win the Governor's Cup. They alone should have disqualified him for any awards, unless there's the biggest dingus trophy these days. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, um, that's pretty bad to pick U of L to beat UK this year. Yeah, yeah. And I people uh, fall people fall forward time and time again. They do. They do. Um, which there was a. This is semi-related but unrelated, and I'm I'm a big fan of these folks. I think uh, the way that I talked about him yesterday made it clear, even though I'm disgusted by his habits. But uh, Nick Coffey really applauded Tim Sullivan, his courage to show up at the U of L game last night. Was, and was Nick being serious? I think he was, and I I was like, what, what do you what do you mean his courage? Like he, it's his job. Like that's what he that's what he does for a living. Um, so did you hear the did you hear the rumors with that? Not to interrupt you, I'll let you finish. But also a question to you: did you Hear the rumors regarding that? Well, uh, because I read ahead on the text line. So the rumor is Tyree leaked the now infamous Tim Sullivan booger eating video. Wow, just wow. No, I don't. I don't believe that rumor. I believe that there's a lot of people on that Zoom, and you know they'll give press credentials to any Louisville media person. It's pretty easy to get that video. I kind of believe that rumor. That video supposedly is not new. Oh, really? It wasn't from... No. R wow. I believe that that actually is true. If that's not a new video, then I would say yes. It's it's definitely... Which true. kind of makes me feel like weirdly... Like, listen, at the end of the day, picking your nose is not the end of the world. All right? While it's kind of gross, it's not the end of the world. It doesn't make somebody a bad person because they pick their nose. It's kind of funny. It's just like, hey, look, you picked your nose. You got caught. It happens. It's not all that big of a deal. But it, I don't, it almost feels kind of weird if it's like a... Hey, we're we're releasing this video because we don't like somebody being mean to our coach. I mean, then it, then it changes the dynamics of it ever so slightly, in my opinion. I, I also, though, I would I be? Uh, I wouldn't blame Tyre for having that grudge, though, because Sullivan's scoop and stories are all obviously from Tyre's enemies. So, like you know, that the friend of my enemy is my enemy. Yeah, but like, all right, the way I'm going to get back at this person is to release a video, then picking their nose and eating their boogers. I mean, it is a hilarious video, though. I was texting with my brother last night, and you know, while he was being optimistic about the game, and he was right, but it is so weird everything that's happened in the town of Louisville over the last two decades. This is not normal. This is not normal America. It's not normal, really, any city in the world. Not that there's not cities that don't have their fair share of scandals and controversies. But this has been going on for like two decades where it's just been weird thing after weird thing. And are any of them like natural disasters, end of the world? No, it's just like it's just trivial enough that it's not overly serious that you can kind of laugh at it. But it's also like, gosh, this city has just had one thing after another. And if there is an actual leak of a former AD of a journalist picking his nose and eating his boogers, that's just another that's another feather in the cap of the weird history of this town in the last two decades. There's been and so much of it centers back around the University of Louisville, which is the weirdest part. But everything that's been going on in this town for the last two decades is just not normal. Like we live in a really weird place. Right? Oh, there's, oh, there's so much weird stuff going on in our little town. Having a leaky roof that delays your game for an hour when it hadn't really been leaking for that long is a very th that would normally be a pretty substantial 
event around Louisville basketball, like you would remember that year as the year that we had a game delayed because of a leaky roof if this happened at Rupp. But in Louisville, this is just, you know, Wednesday. I mean, and I remember when you and I were talking with Tony Vanetti and he was just like, yeah, you know, just a few years, like, you know, a decade or so ago, Louisville football had players that were out for the game because of gunshot wounds. And it's just like, you know, that's, that's, that, that's yeah. like, you know, the fact that that was just glossed over as like, ho-hum, huh, such yeah. is life. And it, it's, it's, it's wild. It's wild the town that we live in and the stuff that has been going on here. Man. Been a good time to be doing radio though. Yeah, that uh that also was uh hilarious to hear all the updates. I I would like to commend myself for not making a ceiling joke last night. Really wanted to, but I just felt like it was forced and you know what? I'm I'm going to be the bigger man. I'm going to be the bigger man. When when we were in college, Roush, it's the only other time I've lived in another city besides Louisville is the four and a half, five years I lived in Lexington. And the biggest drama in Lexington when we were there was a big hole in the middle of downtown that they weren't sure what building was going to go there or when the building was going to be built. That was really the yeah. long and short of the drama in Lexington. That yep. That's like a normal town's drama is like, oh no, are they going to build a building? When's it going to get built? Is it going to mm-hmm. be ugly? And Louisville, it's like coach number four extortion trial. Do, do, do. It's just (laughs) the FBI is back in town. What is it this time? Who knows? But it's something with this wild athletic program. The the most scandalous thing that's happened in Kentucky was that football players got in fight with frat guys. Like, oh, breaking news: frat guys and football players fight. Like, what? what? Oh my god! It's it's strange. It's strange stuff for sure. (sighs) Uh, Justin, what was the biggest piece of news when you were in Bloomington? I've certainly maybe some Ooh, I know uh, one. I, I think maybe I some fairy maybe some fairy went under and a family was on board or something like that. I'm sure you got something. I've I've got nothing. What I was no. I'm interested to hear what Roush has. It's it's the time that um uh, you had players run over each other. Oh yeah, for like sure. That, that poor girl that got hit on live TV in Huntington, West Virginia. Uh you was it were were they under the influence of something as well when that happened? I, I remember there was a lot of drama around that. I want to say that was like twenty twelve ish or so. Yeah, that that sounds right. Yeah, I I don't really remember a whole lot of that. That's kind of where I was checking out. Um, I think that was actually in 07, If we're being honest. Hmm. That long ago? Wow. Indiana yeah. basketball. Uh, the only yeah. scandalous thing happening is what they're putting out on a basketball court. Wow. Justin, I just can't believe you've convinced yourself in an IU win tonight. IU wins tonight. I'm gonna give. I'm gonna come in here tomorrow, and I'm gonna give you all such a big suck, and it's it's gonna be unbelievable. <laughs> first off, if you do, big whoop. It'll be like the first time you. I mean, I, I'm gonna have to pull this up. I'm, I need it's a, a good nine game losing streak. Oh, we haven't beaten Purdue in forever. Yeah, you nine game losing streak dating back to 2016. Win number 22, Indiana, won 77 to 73. So that was the team that beat Kentucky, too, with Thomas Bryant and Yogi Farrell. And then, even you know, it's not like before that 2016 game that IU had rattled off a couple. Uh, you'd have to go back to they've won one game since 2013 against Purdue. That is, and they're playing twice a year for the most part. Maybe yeah. there was a year that they didn't, but Justin, one win since 13. What are you doing to yourself, man? 
this is a different year, TJ. I mean, like I said, they have not played us with three coaches. Indiana has not lost at home, and Indiana has not lost with coaches wearing suits. Oh, that's hey, just like Kentucky, undefeated in the suits. And you know, if you don't get this one, that you're you're not going to win in Lafayette. I mean, yeah, that's true. I agree with that. Yeah, no, uh, we we absolutely have to win this one. Well, we can always skip the juice, by the way. We don't no need to give DraftKings that extra sweet moolah. Oh, I don't want to give you the pleasure of seeing Indiana lose and taking my money. They're not going to lose, though. Remember, they're not going to lose. I know, but if they do, then you win twice, and I hate that. Uh, Oh, put your money money where your mouth is. Hey, hey, I owe you 10 bucks anyway, Scoots, so there you go. You've got got money to play with. you got money to play with. All right, let's throw 10 on it then. Oh, yeah. And let's let's call it 20 and you're getting a free lunch tomorrow there you go wow steals so you're playing you're playing with house money anyways and we're gonna call it we're gonna call it 20 are we doing straight up or is there a spread i mean if you want to be a nice guy and give me the three and a half that'd be great we'll call it three okay deal Can I just say that I'm proud of us as a show for bullying Justin into Always, constantly bullying. Well, no, but you need it though. You can be you're such right. a little no, chicken right. bleed better. You you're need it right, and I put hate it, it on the table. You feel good about your Hoosiers. You got three head coaches. Damn it, just just put some money on the table. Love it. Absolutely. I'm I'm getting a point for each head coach, <laughs> or I'm giving I'm giving a point for each head coach. Um, yeah. Speaking of coaching, did you see that Memphis just basically like has has quietly pulled Rasheed Wallace off the staff or kind of off the staff? <laughs> he's he's a consultant now. Yeah, he's not really an assistant coach anymore. <laughs> now he's going to be behind the scenes. Yeah, you're not going to see him on the bench either because he's behind the scenes. So things obviously going pretty well at Memphis because that's a normal thing teams do during the middle of the season. Man, they – um. I did appreciate that Kyle Tucker went back and found uh, an article that some other athletic writer composed that was like, this is either going to be wildly entertaining or a beautiful disaster. And it's like, well, uh, you're right. (laughs) (laughs) And it has been a disaster. Oh, I spent too much time yesterday interacting with Goober. Oh, Wes Johns. Yeah. Yeah. God, of course, if, if you say anything about Wake Forest, Les will be sure to find a way to get it to the masses. I, I have not ever interacted with a dumber fan base, and that's saying something. They're supposed to be a smart school, too. Not There was one person that actually had some reasoning and rationale, not that I agreed with it, but everybody else, it was – gosh, it was so weird, Roush. Like, the fact that they would just follow the company line on, like, well, if my coach says I don't want playoffs – that means I don't want playoffs. Like you can have a different opinion than your coach. Everybody with a brain should want an expanded playoff. Now, if you don't want twelve and you'd rather have eight, that's fine. But who is like blown away with the system of four right now? Yes, yeah, I like nobody. it better. I like it better than two. But one could probably take that next step and say, well, if I like four better than two, I probably would like eight better than four. And I'd like the number to be to 12, but I can understand folks like Justin that just want to kind of put it at eight, see how that goes. And then they can determine if it needs to take that next step. But the fact that so many of them just blindly follow their, their coaches, stupid idiotic quotes that have no reason um, was really hilarious. And their basic go-to there's two go-tos. One was 
you don't know what you're talking about, pal. Why don't you do find out more information about what you're talking about? They'd never tell me like what I didn't know. They just say that I needed to learn more information, which is always cracking me up. And then the second thing, and this is classic from people from North Carolina, they just want to let you know how happy they are that they don't live in Kentucky, which cracks me up because Kentuckians by whole and going across the country, I think Kentuckians are some of the nicest people in the world. And, And generally, generally, the only people Kentuckians won't get along with are people that think that they're better than them just based on where they're born. So every time somebody from North Carolina makes, or anywhere in the country, makes fun of Kentucky and says, ha-ha, this is where you're from, good. Think that way and don't join us. Don't visit us and don't come here because you're the only people generally that we don't get along with are the people that think that based on where you're born, it makes you better or worse than somebody else. And there's so many dumb North Carolinians that think that that rings true because they were born in the elite mecca of sophistication that is the Raleigh, Durham, Winston, Salem area. It's called Tobacco Road of all. Please days. don't. Like, please, you're right. Kentucky is ugly and it's bad and it's terrible. And whatever you do, don't come visit us because you're the only folks in the country that we won't get along with. So those were the two lines of thinking. And then if they took the misinformation part or me not being informed part a step further, it was along the lines of um, we, we have concerns that we need addressed. Of course, they would never come out and say exactly what the concerns are because the concerns make them look bad. We don't like the transfer. Oh, so you don't want people to be able to transfer? You, you want Because that was a big thing. People for decades talked about how it wasn't fair that coaches could just go wherever they want, but players couldn't. Are you, are you getting back on that? Are you wanting to put more restrictions on player movement and freedom and where they can go? Because that's not going to be a good look for you. So they won't come out and flat out say that. And then they're mad about nil. All they're doing is basically saying, hey, yeah, we have these rules that are mostly universal. Like players can make as much money as they want with nil and people can leave. But we're not getting as many good players as we're losing and we're not getting as good as nil deals for our players as other places are. So please help us out. They wouldn't go as far as saying that. That's exactly what Wake Forest's issues are and the rest of the ACC. They feel like somehow they're being discriminated against in these new college athletics rules when in reality, you're just not as good as doing them. For no fault but your own. Yeah. Hey, recruit better players. It's not that hard. Just recruit better. Be better at your jobs. Unless Johns was like, here's some articles that really sum it up. And all the articles said was, we've got concerns that we need addressed. And once we get these concerns addressed, but they don't say what the concerns are. They don't, again, they don't explicitly say what they are. And they provide no solutions. No wonder Jay Billis is from ACC country. Because it's nothing but just whining without solutions. They don't have any fixes to their problems. You know what your problems are is you just aren't a good football conference right now. You have one good team that's consistently good in the league. Far too many places have let have let have let you know renovations go by the wayside and fixing up things and putting money and investing into the programs. And it is funny they're like Wake Forest has invested, and I didn't. Yeah, look, cool. I was driving and I didn't look at the pictures, but they were blueprints for the most of them. So they. They're now investing. And why are they now investing? Because they got they didn't get a good enough TV deal. And it's yeah. longer for the money to come in. You it, idiots. And and they got and they they took too long. And now they're trying to play a little bit of catch up. Kentucky took too long to invest. 
and they did, and they were playing catch-up, but luckily now we've got our footing. So maybe these new investments for Wake Forest, the, the, you know, some nice things will come their way. But it was a total and colossal waste of time. It was one of the worst interactions with an opposing fan base because they weren't funny, which is not all that surprising. And I just felt like I rolled around in the mud without any sort of coherent arguments from the opposing side. Um, Wake Forest moves up big time in the goober power rankings. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love the feud that you all had yesterday. Um, but I do not love that we need to go to a break, though, so we can wrap up this Thornton Stacks on. And we got a lot to go, so we'll, we'll move quickly through them. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. Oh, TJ Walker, Nick Rock. Welcome back to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. So I remember when we were driving, driving in your car. Speed so fast, it felt like I was drunk. City lights day out before us, and your arm felt nice wrapped around my shoulder. And I, I had a feeling that I belonged. Man, one of Bruce Springsteen's best hits. Oh, yeah. The boss, baby. We'll bring you back for one final segment of Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. We go 7 to 9 Monday through Friday. We appreciate you listening. Plenty of ways to listen. If you ever need any help, just reach out on Twitter, at Roush KSR. He will let you know. The replay of the show goes 9 to 11. If you're in the southern Indiana, Louisville area, surrounding counties, around Jefferson as well, you can listen to Big X Sports Radio. And then if you're outside that area, the podcast is always a good way yeah. to listen. Nick Roush and uh, our friends, our friends a bit, our, our friends a big hemp. Well, they are pretty Corporate much hemp. They are pretty much big hemp at this point because they're the number one hemp in the business, and it is cornbread hemp. The best of the best, all organic CBD. It, it really is one of those things that, like, I'm I'm going to keep telling you about this until you try it because it is something you got to try to believe it. It's wonderful. And if you use the promo code Big X at cornbreadhemp.com, you'll get 30% off, 30% off your order. It's a deal too good to pass up. Try the organic extra th- extra strength CBD products from Cornbread Hemp today. Cornbreadhemp.com. Remember, Big X saves you a lot of money. I just re-upped yesterday because uh, you know, you're supposed to take one in the morning, one at night. So I'm running low. I don't want to be empty when I do run out. So I I placed my other order and it's always fun to punch in that big X and see that price go way, way down when you go to cornbread hemp. But it's the best in the business for a reason. And you'll find out why when you order. All right, let's get back to the Thornton sex line. Justin doesn't think we can finish it in time, but we're going to do our best. 502-414-1450. Some of them we've already answered, um, like the Andrew Phillips one, so we'll move past that one. Mm-hmm. A texter says, Penny is what people try to say Cal is. And there's a lot of truth in that text message. Yes, there really is. Gosh. Rolls the ball out, just puts teams together. 
Uh, if anything, during this, like as you know, Will Wade, Will Wade had a major freakout last night. I don't know if you all saw that or not. If we had more time, we'd play the audio for you, but it's out there on Twitter. It was pretty funny to see. But as you see more and more teams bring in freshmen and you know, having to they bring in transfers, people that haven't played together, it is hard to put together a team that way. And it's tough to be able to have success on a huge scale. Uh, hasn't always been perfect for John Calipari, but more times than not, he is better than any other coach in America at being able to put pieces together and get them clicking when it's time for important basketball. So not always perfect, but he does a damn good job with it. You're seeing Penny struggle year in and year out with it. And not because Penny hasn't had great players, by the way. Oh, love this text. Uh it says, it's still hilarious how we only lost – at AM due to the stupidest tech ever, then beat AM in the SEC tournament only for the NCAA to give us a four seed in a tough bracket and AM a three seed in an easier bracket in 2016. Yeah, yeah, that was really annoying. That Daniel House team was pretty good too. Uh they had um what's his name that played for the Lakers for a long Russo. time? Yeah, yeah, they were good. And Kentucky beat them, and yet the selection committee did not care. Yeah, that was the fun little was it A and M that Trevor would always say a budding rivalry yep, with. That was a budding uh, rivalry. Yeah, but but you did have some battles between Kentucky and A and M those years, and that that was such that was so bogus. Kentucky outplayed A and M in that road game. They call that terrible technical, and it cost them the game. That's why sometimes we get on officials. That's why it can matter. Kentucky ends up getting a worse seed in a super tough region and a tough bracket, and it ends up being a really ho-hum, boring march where if they don't get that call, it maybe it improves Kentucky's seed. Maybe you, slip, you, you flip A&M in Kentucky and March Madness, in the sl- and Kentucky still should have been higher than a four seed that year anyways, but that's why that stuff can matter. It's not just like, well, they should have, yeah, the officiating was bad, but if they would have done this, they could have won too. Yeah, maybe, but also the officials should do their job, which we got to call it when it's solid. They did a decent job last night. I was happy. I, I, when, when in doubt, just let teams play more than not. When in doubt, just let them play. A texter says, Roush, any truth to the Mark Stoop rumors the weekend of the Mississippi State game back in 2016? I mean, it's been so long that we've forgotten that it was the South Carolina game, actually, not the Mississippi State game. And – I don't know. I mean, no, I think it was the Mississippi. I think it was the Mississippi. No, it's South Carolina. In, no, there there was talks that if he didn't beat Mississippi State on that long field goal, yeah, but the rumors game was South Carolina. The the rumors yeah. game was South Carolina, where everybody's like, "Have you heard this? Have you heard this?" Where everybody knew somebody that knew something, and um, the biggest part of it all was that like, it, it was basically they were trying to say that Stoops was pulling a Petrino, um, and I just I don't. I don't know. I don't think there was anything to it, um, but it was, hey, never found out about it. I, honestly, I think it was just people trying to get unload stoops um, because they thought things were going to get worse. Turns out they weren't. They weren't getting worse. They were actually hmm. getting better, getting a lot, lot better. A texture says, all right, all right. What do we got to do to get Bustin Justin on the call for Cats games? I'm going to fall asleep listening to this crew. That was that a was, great call, Justin. A great call. Thanks. He'd he'd do a great he would do a great job. That'd be uh, phenomenal. A texter says, "Take Wheeler out. He's killing us. It's not his game. Let Ty Ty have a run at it with Minson Grady." And Cal tried that, but hey, and and Wheeler, I agree. It looked like he had never seen a double team. It was really frustrating. He'll have to be better against Auburn, but he did also hit some shots for Kentucky. So it wasn't like a complete a complete stinker for Wheeler. We need him to be better, no doubt about it, but. 
also thankful that he hit the shots that he did. Yeah, and you know, Tata, he also made his fair share of mistakes too. Like that second foul was just a dumb second foul. But hey, Cal played him with two fouls in the first half. I like that. Yes. You think he's been listening to Kentucky roll call? We did it. We influenced Cal. Wow. We're number one. We're number We're one. A texture says no reason for Cal to let Wheeler to continue poop the bucket. Come on. You can't put words that would get us in trouble if we said them. Do us that favor, Thornton's text liners. Um, can't let Wheeler continue to poop the bucket by turning the ball over every time we have a chance to build on momentum. Dude will have 10 turnovers by the end of this. Uh, he finished with eight. You weren't too far off. Makes no sense. We have depth there. Him rushing everything is giving A&M easy breakaway looks. He did not play great, but I – I don't, I don't, I'm not mad with how it all unfolded. No. I wish it was different, but it was a win. So I'm at least we're talking about all this stuff in a win. Man, out of you the know court, what? Or, sorry, go on. One thing I want to mention is just shout out to Davion Mintz for giving like a million percent effort no matter what. I, I just love, like, it's just the old man in me. I just love seeing him just exerting a thousand percent energy at all times, even when Kentucky. All hope will look lost. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. Davion Mintz really, really finding his stride here in year two at Kentucky. Yeah, Mintz topping the guys that were, you know, even Brooks, the guys who were on last year's team. It just, it sees, it's so much fun seeing them smile and win games and just get to experience what Kentucky basketball actually should be. Uh, and, you know, Brooks got to do that the year that the tournament was taken away, but. They they deserve they deserve all this, and mm-hmm. I'm glad that it's it's a more fun go around this this time. A texter says, "Out of the 12 minute timeout, back to back Wheeler turnovers. I mean, yank the dude, and he and he did go to the bench there for a little bit." Mm-hmm. Yep. Kirby says, "I absolutely hate playing teams that aren't good but can win by just muddying up the game." That being said, lucky to be down five at half. Good test for the boys. Yeah, and I mean Kentucky in a sense almost ended up doing that. Kirby also said, "I just can't get over how much of a beta Keon is. Just hoop, man." You could see the at some of the shots that Keon had, especially in that first half. It was like, oh God, it's a Keon rattled game. He gets he gets in such a rush instead of just like using his strength to go through contact. He was just like throwing up stuff. Like, just gotta get the ball out of my hands quick enough. It was it was it was not his best performance. It was a hot potato game for Brooks, but I, I say you just need a combined something out of the four position i think with Toppin being pretty solid all things considered last night and brooks while kind of frustrating to start settled in a little bit better as the game went on you got something you got i think you could check the four box i think you could say you got what you needed out yeah. of that position yep, again that it doesn't have to be one of them having a huge game you just need uh that that was kind of the perfect example Toppin gave you like 80 percent of it and brooks contributed for 20 percent of what yep. you needed but you got what you needed out of the position exactly Exactly. He also brings up something I forgot about. That foul on Brady stealing the ball is an epic all-time hero call. God, that was such a bad call. So bad that SEC Network wouldn't replay it because they knew it was just a garbage, hot garbage call when he jumped the the, the passing line. And that would have given us the lead on like, on like a 7-0 run or something like that too. Terrible call. That was really frustrating. And then it kind of and allowed AM's crowd to kind of get back into it, seemed to fluster us at least just for that, except for that moment, for that moment. But I was really impressed with Kentucky's resolve for the most part. When things were going badly, or it seemed like, you know, this could be a good 
a good point for them to just kind of fall apart and have everything collapse around you. They kind of found ways to rebound and come together and, and push through all the cliches you can say the team did. Kirby uh, says, big farting win, boys. Again, you know, come on, Kirby. We we love you, but we needed it with Kansas and Auburn coming up. Enjoy the night. Hammer some Thornton's coffee and get you some saucerinas. Okay, you totally make it up with the background yeah. of that text, Kirby. Totally agree. It's the perfect day to hit up all of the KRC sponsors. And don't forget about our friends at Cornbread Hemp as well. Oscar will have three dudes on him, ball right in their face, and they can't take the ball from him. Every time I see him do this, I say, what are you doing? And then I realize only God could take the ball out of Oscar's hand. <laughs> Dude is a monster. Not to be nitpicky, but that's true. Everything you just said is true, except it, and then when Oscar will go up for a dunk or layup, somebody's like, uh, their fingernail on their pinky could touch the ball and the ball will come out for Oscar. He's so strong with it when he's able to kind of get both Hands on it, yeah. Both paws, and then when he's got one on it, though, or he's going up and he's not able to have you know total protection of the ball, it gets knocked around like he's Chris Rodriguez with the football. There are uh, a couple, like a few time and place situations where he went up with it on the offensive glass. I'm like, oh, just kick it out, Oscar. Like, let's just eat up 30 more seconds or 20 more seconds or whatever it is, and get a better shot than just having three dudes obviously fouling you, but they're not going to call. They're not going to call that foul. No, they, they're not. Not every time. A texter says, I say this with sincerity. I'm worried about Buzz Williams' health. Truly afraid he will have a heart attack on the court one day with how passionate he gets. He's a good coach. Yeah, I, I don't mind Buzz either. I'm sure that he's probably got doctors so been up with that. I mean, it got tomato-colored red, and that's not even hyperbole either. I mean, it, it was redder than Bruce Arians' face. It was so, so bright red. Um, but I, I was watching the game with – Brooke, at least like parts of the second half before she passed out on the couch. And she's like, man, don't you just wish Rick Pitino was back so we could see more of this pressing stuff and just him losing his mind on the sidelines. I love coaches like that. I know it's 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 very uh, – it's probably not the way things are going moving forward as we have more players, coaches, and whatnot. But I just I just love seeing the animated coaches on the sidelines. It is fun. And, yeah, I, I said when Pitino left that, like, at that point, you know, it kind of seemed like it was maybe time to move on, blah, blah, blah. But I did say we're, we're going to miss his press conferences. We're going to miss the hyperbole. Sure enough, Mac just being a jerk to everybody has been entertaining in a weird way. But then Patino, it's also hilarious. He's a coach of a team that's leading this conference, should be in the NCAA tournament. You never know. Maybe they trip up in their conference tournament and they end up not making it. But probably a team that's going to be in the NCAA tournament. And he's just tweeting out teams he thinks are going to make the Final Four. Like, that's just fun. Good. Yeah, like, it's yeah. enjoyable. It's cool to see that. He didn't include Gonzaga, which was obviously probably just an oversight. I'm sure he'd say as much. But right. did include Iona because, good. Yeah. Good for you. You should put your own team in there. But included <laughs> the Kentucky Wildcats, boys and squirrels. Uh, Texture says, hot take that I'm sure a lot of UK fans will disagree with. But I think Cal coached a great game. Hopefully, he gets the same credit that he does whenever he is scrutinized. Also, our SEC road schedule, not including Kansas as well, might be the toughest of the Cal era. It's about to be a fun January to March. Man, that what just great text. Great text, Texter. All around, just checking a lot of boxes today. Agree with Cal coaching a great game. Again, you can't just always look at the score and the shooting percentage. Kentucky had open shots. Uh, they had open shots. They just weren't falling. They stay composed. They they When they were down 13, you know, you could have just quit at that point and let that turn into a 19 or 20 point game and really end it. But instead, they slowly, very slowly, but surely fought back, 
even when things weren't going their way offensively, especially coming off a game where everything was so easy against Tennessee. That was a good win, folks. That 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 win, it counts all the same. It's one win, like I said, on the win total. But I think the resolve of that could carry a long way, regardless of what happens against Auburn. But this could specifically help in that game as well. I haven't seen a player pick up his dribble more than Wheeler tonight since Devin Askew. Definitely not a comparison I enjoy making. Yeah. Was, yeah, but the, the, the difference I would say, though, and while Askew would play hard, he just wouldn't be able to do diddly offensively. Yeah. At least Wheeler hit some shots, mm-hmm. made some nice plays when he needed to and at different points of the game. But, yes, the turnovers were a flashback that we did not want for sure. Rough game all around, but this is the kind of win that can really build confidence. Nothing went right. Shots wouldn't fall. Couldn't play at the pace we wanted. Still found a way to get it done. Can't say enough great things about topping and mints. That's a heck of a win. Yeah, you summed it up better than I did. Well said. Totally agree with all of the all of that. Um, I hate to briefly interrupt our text line, but uh, we've had some breaking college football assistant coaching news. Mario Cristobal can't hire anybody. Uh, Kendall Browles, uh, you know his dad, Art, big-time scumbag, but he's a hot – Offensive coordinator in the streets. Arkansas was able to keep him. Miami tried to get him away recently. They, they've tried to get a, a lot of guys. He can't hire anybody. And also, he had one of the best recruiters in the South uh, just leave his staff for Alabama. So, suck at Miami, you losers. You're still going to be losers, even with Cristobal in command. Definitely was nervous that it was actual, like, important breaking news. But, no, just a Miami football coaching update. Oh, I'm sorry that I had no name. Like, Kendall Browse is – He's turned down like three schools to stay at Arkansas. Kind of a big deal. I'm just saying I was, I was nervous. I'm glad it wasn't something regarding Kentucky. Yes. Well, it looks like we didn't know Buzz Williams was going to do that one three one SMH. But I, I do think there's a lot of like you don't realize how difficult how difficult it is to face that pressure until you actually face it. And that's what that's what they hang their hat on is they're a team that just has to force turnovers. They're not really good enough offensively, as we saw, to score in the half court or to score when a team's able to kind of get locked in. They have, to, the game. they have to force turnovers. They did. It got Kentucky a little discombobulated, but eventually UK figured it out. Team looks really nervous for some reason. Can't make free throws, fumbling the ball everywhere. That's sometimes life on the road. Yeah. You wish that hopefully they'll get better at that. Hopefully that won't be such an issue moving forward, but it still is for now. I swear if Wheeler picks up his dribble on the wing one more time, I'm going to lose my mind. I think he's up to 10 turnovers. Hey, finish with eight. Yeah, he he, he did close out too. I don't think he had any in the final five minutes. So when it mattered most, he took care of the ball. Shoo, we, you know what they say about road wins. I bet they won, but man, that was rough. I don't even feel that way about that was rough. Like I'm totally... Kind of, kind of like a good ugly win every once in a while. I was tickled going to bed last night. I was too. And I, I was convinced it was probably going to be a loss. I wasn't going to, it wasn't going to be end of the world doom and gloom. But they found a way to play poorly and win. That's pretty cool. It was uh, also funny that the highlight reel. It was like six and a half minutes long against Tennessee, and it was only like three minutes and five seconds or something. <laughs> good saying now. Very good. Yeah, that's true. Very good win tonight, boys. Severe pooped his pants tonight on that double team behind the three-point line, but the team played tough down the stretch. Force missed shots and turnovers. Good win. 
Yeah, it was. A texture says they win pretty last Saturday. They come out tonight and gut out a victory when everything seemed to be disjointed. I absolutely will be happy with this. Only thing I want to see is improvement from Wheeler and Washington on the road. They have experience now in the league on the road with Kentucky on their chest. I think if we get those two to calm down a little bit earlier in the games, then we're a tough team to beat. All in all, I'll take it, Mook. And it's worth mentioning the NCAA tournament's never going to be in a true road atmosphere. So, uh, but I do agree. Just keep learning, keep growing, and now you're going to get an equally difficult as atmosphere, probably a tougher whistle, and you're going to be going against a better team. So you have to be better on Saturday. Let's hope they got their bad game out of the way. Yeah, yeah, and I'm I'm with him too. That if, just settle down quicker, guys, uh, because the, both of those guys looked a little looked a little shaken early on. Another texture says, ugly, sloppy win, but always have to take a road win. Odd to see Wheeler struggle that much. Toppin looks strong. Good experience to fight and win a close one in a tough environment when shots aren't falling. He looks strong, but he looked different. I kept thinking Lance Ware was out there because he went with the Braves. The, the Braves are definitely in right now for the Kentucky basketball team. Yes, they really are. Uh, this text is hilarious. A&M can make seven threes and we can still win. That's from TJ Walker. A&M was 1-22 and they lost by six. Glad we got the win, but both teams struggling from three made the three irrelevant. Good win and impressive grit from the bench tonight, Keith. He sent that in directly after the game. So, Keith, I love that you were thinking of me. Secondly, I was right. So, if Kentucky held them under eight threes, I said they were going to win. Yeah. Kentucky holds them under eight threes, and guess what happens? Kentucky wins. So, thank you for pointing out that, again, I nailed this analysis. I did I, – I normally do, and this is another example of that. So, thank you, Keith. Yeah. Appreciate it. I almost got my score prediction 100% correct, too. I, four points – four more points for each team, and they would have been right on. Six. Ain't no it. better. You won't be more informed than you are if you listen to Kentucky Roll Call. Interview with Colin was great, Roush. Well done, says one oh, texture on the Thornton's text thanks. line. Thanks, pal. I appreciate it. Uh, another texture says, with 5.30 in the first half, a horrible shooting performance coming off the Tennessee game. Should have been the easiest call of all time. Yeah, I mean, you know, everything's got to kind of revert to the average. And you know what? Much rather than do that in this game than against Auburn. But we did mention, like, what if Kentucky just goes out there and beats the snot out of A&M, and we're like, hey, this team's just in a really hot streak right now. It's nice to be able to win where things really weren't going Kentucky's way, as we've said a thousand times today. A&M sure is allowed to use their hands a lot on defense. I was Again, I default – yes, they were, but I default to letting teams play. And for the most part, they let Kentucky play. So I, I, I'm okay with last night. Great win. A&M was 35%. 35th nationally in three-point percentage coming in. They went one of 22. Yeah. And some of that's credit to Kentucky. You know, they they forced they, – they did not do some of the stuff they did against Tennessee around the perimeter. It was a – I thought Kentucky's defense really settled in once they figured out how to stop the layups. Uh, another texture says, interested to see how Kentucky deals with Jabari Smith on Saturday. Might need 25-plus minutes from Toppin. We are in Wendell Green is another interesting matchup. Yeah, and Cal in his postgame, one of his first things he did was commend Jacob Toppin – who defended four different guys for AM. Uh really showed off his versatility last night defensively. Smith is gonna be a really, really tough matchup. Toppin's gonna have to be huge. And then if you're gonna have Toppin in, then you're kind of sacrificing an offensive option. So the other guys offensively need to step up, but we got tomorrow to talk about all that. Really happy to see us pull out that win last night. One of the things I've wanted to see from this team is to grind out a tough win on the road when things didn't go their way. It should give them a lot of confidence going forward. And they did it. You're totally right. It isn't kind of hilarious, isn't it kind of hilarious? the program that used to scream from the rooftops how much money it made doesn't have enough money to fire terrible coaches yes that is funny but we don't have, 
we don't have the time to laugh about Louisville. We got to finish oh, oh, the text on. Damn it. I wanted to laugh some more. Well, tomorrow. If okay. we want to cut down the nets, Wheeler cannot play 30 plus minutes. If our goal is sweet 16, then 30 plus minutes is good. Free sharp. Totally disagree with that. Um, but again, so as we got to, uh, this point about before bringing up Shaden Sharp, though. Well, also, I don't disagree with wanting Sharp to play. He should play. But Kentucky can win a national championship and probably needs Wheeler to be good. They need a good 30 minutes from Wheeler. Why was Vince Morrow saying sorry to A.J. Rose on Twitter? Any update, Roush? Uh, I'm pretty sure he was like he was in Ohio recruiting, so he just shouted out a bunch of Ohio guys, and he left AJ Rose off his list. So gotcha. I think that's why. Yeah, we should be blown out. A and M, they are absolute garbage offensively. Zero shooters, just a bunch of guys that are fast and athletic. Yeah, I don't think A and M's a great team, but hey, Kentucky played poorly and they still won. So uh, if they played on a neutral floor at Rupp, does A and M come to Rupp? I'm not 100. I don't think they do. But I don't I'm think they do. Sure. Uh, yeah, if they see him in the SEC tournament, I'm sure it'll probably be an easy win for Kentucky, or it should be. It would be hilarious to see the breakdown because I think that like AM's maybe been erupt twice. It feels like every time these two teams play, it's in a sold out read arena. El- Elson Turner still gives me nightmares when he dropped 41 on Kentucky. So good riddance. Good. Don't come back to Rupp. Uh, I'm just kidding. Kentucky would beat the snot mm-hmm. out of him. Roush, whenever I picture you saying suck it, I picture you doing the Triple H in wrestling, doing the X with the most dramatic hip thrust of all time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Big time hip thruster. You got to sell it. Yeah, really good over the top. Top of the morning, fellas. Wasn't the prettiest performance, but damn it, that's a good win. A good team in a very tough road atmosphere. Didn't play our best, but that's a sign of a great team. Finding ways to win when you don't have your best game. I love it. Also, you all talked about cards games this week, and me and my friends, I will play... I will play bleep your neighbor from time to time. I propose we change the name of that game to JK47, your coworker. Have a great day. <laughs> do it. A lot to take in there. Uh, now we're on today's text messages, Roush. My kids' first words were Kentucky roll call. Setting your kid up for success. The relative factor appears to have affected Wheeler's play. He had a lot of family there at the game last night. Steve, Roush talked about it. It goes one of two ways, it seems. It really does. Uh, John here, good victory morning, everyone. It wasn't pretty, but it was a victory. I thought Coach Cal really had to ca- coach his butt off last night to get this victory. Sometimes your players play so darn good. Uh there's probably no way you could lose, but last night that was a lot of coaching by Cal and staff to get it done. Wish we had a consistent go-to guy that can just take over games. I know Ty Ty does sometimes, but I'm wondering if a player like Sharp would have made a big difference. What do you guys think? Uh, I got to go talk to you later. No, not last night. Dude hadn't played in a basketball game. Throw him in the middle of that snake pit would have been a bad idea. Yeah, it wouldn't have been Sharp last night. Maybe someday it'll be Sharp, and hopefully it will be. It should be. Um, I think Ty Ty is going to be your best option for that, but it's going to be a team effort, and I, that's what I kind of like about this team. They 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 need each other. Yes. People always get mad at Cal when he can't when Kentucky can't hit shots. Maybe it was just playing good defense, and they cooled off in the second half. That allowed the Cats to catch some rhythm in the second half. Well, no, it was just kind of missing some open shots, but that's basketball. You're you're shooting a little ball into a hoop from 21, 22 feet away. Sometimes mm-hmm. they don't always go in. Uh, last night they didn't, but they still figured out a way to win. I, I see, see a lot of people. Oh, go ahead. I see a lot of people banging on Brooks. In my opinion, Brooks isn't bad. He's just not a dude. As long as he plays his role, he's a nice piece of this team. And if you consider Brooks and top in one player, that's a solid four position between the two of them. They're going to be used situationally. Yep. TC for Lexington here, boys. Watching the 13-year anniversary of Meeks' 54-point game against Tennessee only reminds me once again, I'm 100% certain that that wall team would have won a natty if Meeks would have returned. We agree. I love those cornbread hemp gummies. Great sleep. I used the big X code and reordered this week. Good for you. Everybody have a great day. 
Thank you for calling. Nick Rouse and Justin Kalen. We'll see you on Friday. Bobby Regan joins the show. It's a celebration.